Hello and welcome to the inaugural Media Made Awards. We had this wild idea that we're gonna because it's the end of the uh, the end of the decade, the end of the eighties. We're gonna have an end of the eighties awards. Yeah. Hey, oh, this is your host for tonight's festivities, Rod. I'm joined by special guests. Yes, I'm sorry because I feel like I don't know how do, how do award shows work. Special guest is good. MC, I don't know. Special announcer. Special announcement. Hey, all right. So we are recording this after. We have finished recording all of the shows from 1985 to 1989, and while also drinking some of the bubbly. Yeah, we did. I, I have a I have a friendly screwdriver in my hand. Uh, we're doing a little bit of drinkies. <laughs> I have eggnog. There's no alcohol in it, but it's still fun. I'm kidding. There's alcohol in it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the 80s are finished. Um, we're ready to set sail into the 90s, um, but we need to honor. We need to honor the 80s. Let uh, us honor. And we also need to bury the crap of the 80s as well. This is true. Walk it behind the tool shed. Please bring honor to us all. Sorry. That's 80. That's the 90s. I know. So please bring honors into the 80s. <laughs> into the 90s. I say, like, looking back, I think we had a, we had a pretty good run in the, in the 80s. I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I had a pretty good run. Some cr- there's some really bad stuff in there too, especially TV. My TV. Yes, <laughs> I had a bad movie. Uh, more than one. I had one bad movie. I, I can't remember. I, ha- I have the list up in a second, but yeah, okay. So here we are. We're gonna go through this category by category, and we All have right. we have many different awards to uh, recognize. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna start it off with the movies of the '80s. <laughs> This is me making sounds like I'm I'm cranking a camera. Did you guys imagine that? Can you see it in your mind's eye? <laughs> All right. So to remind everybody, the movies of 1980s. These these are the movies that Jess and I year by year have seen the most. 1985, Back to the Future, Better Off Dead. Mm-hmm. 1986, An American Tale, Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. 1987, Spaceballs and The Brave Little Toaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Brave Little Slothead. <laughs> Um, 1988, Oliver and Company, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And 1989, Back to the Future Part Two, and Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! Woohoo! Um, so I have done research. I have two different types of awards. I have the quantitative awards and the qualitative awards. All right. Meaning, there's ones that are objectively. I have winners for based on data and numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And then the qualitative awards are our opinion. We got to deliberate, and if we don't come to a consensus, then you know. Yeah, can we call our award show the QQ Awards? QQ. Yeah, because they're qualitative and quantitative awards. The Quibbies. No. <laughs> Welcome me- to Media May's first inaugural QQ Awards. Inaugural the Quibi Awards. Inaugural QQ. <laughs> I'm just saying, Quibi, we need to take that name back. <laughs> no. No, we don't. Let Quibi rest in peace. We didn't even have that word. That's a word for... These are the QQ Awards. <laughs> 
We'll, we'll, let QQ. You, if, we'll let you decide no, on Twitter. No, no, no. Tweet I us decide. if you want us to call it the Quibi Awards. No, 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 no. I don't care what you say, kids. I'm running this show. Well, okay, I'm a co-star. All right, so we're going to get the qual- quantitative awards out first. Um, award number one. The Best Box Office Number Award. This is the movie that earned the most at the box office. In these five years. I think, in the, like, in theaters. Okay. I don't... But I mean within these five years. Like, it, it's not like what earned most for 85, what earned most between our twos. It's yeah, like yeah. It's whole, all, all, yeah, as a whole for cumulative. the five years. Yeah, all ten films are represented here. Okay. And again, this is, I do not think these numbers count uh, home video sales. Mm, all right. Uh, streaming sales, none of that. Streaming. <laughs> what is streaming? I'm in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> but here we go. Are you ready for the best box office number award? Earning. $388.8 million at the box office. That's we have Back to the Future. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. Woo! Ow! Hey, that's a str- that's a award for me. <laughs> One QQ for you. I, I mean, like, in terms of, like, pure blockbusters, that makes sense. Like, Back to the Future was, I think, of all of our movies, the definition of blockbuster. Right, mm-hmm. like even Disney wasn't. You know, Disney was in the in the in the outs at this yeah. point. You know, they weren't earning any money. So, um, who better than uh, Steven Spielberg presents Back to the Future? Right, right. I, it was probably like one of the such a new concept of what I mean. What we know, what was coming out around those times, we were going through all those movies, like different from like romance, standard romances, or like mystery films and stuff. Is very much like a new thing. It's a teen comedy but it's also 50s nostalgia mm-hmm. so you bring in the old folks who want to remember the 50s and the young folks who like the 80s yeah it's perfect i was like just thinking i mentioned steven spielberg i'm like i think like more than five of these films were presented by steven spielberg mm-hmm. we got back to the future was he produced american tale roger rabbit and back to the future part two well i mean this makes sense specifically because he ruled the that timeline. Yeah, no. there was like no way we could get out without his we did, hands on this. We didn't even talk about any movies that he directed. That's fair. Yeah, they were probably because they were too skewed, too old for us. It was uh, no, he. I know he directed uh, Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade that came out in '89. That was a runner-up for me. Have I seen that one? It's the one with Sean Connery. Then yes. Rest in peace, Sean Connery. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next award. <laughs> we call this an anti-award <laughs> because it's the worst box office number award, the Aye. biggest bomb, the one that earned the least. So, okay, I have a distinction here. I went with I went with the award going to the film that earned the least amount of money, right, overall. Okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's gross, right? A box office bomb is a movie that lost money. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, against what was it's, put it's into budget, it. yeah, yeah. So I have like, you know, two, uh, you know, it's like a slash, right? It's like mm-hmm. this movie slash this movie. So the movie that earned the least amount of money with two point three million dollars, we have the Brave Little Toaster. Oh no! <laughs> you should choose this sound. The ship's going down, sir. We earned we earned too little money. <laughs> concludes our broadcast day. This is Lowell Winchell signing off. Good night, America. 
and all the ships at sea. We'll make a sequel in ten years. When little slot head goes to space. <laughs> um, so, again, that one earned the least amount of money, but because its budget was so low, it actually made money. Ah. The movie that lost the most amount of money, the biggest bomb, was Labyrinth. Wow. Yeah, it, it was saved as a cult classic then. It earned only $12 million at the box office against a budget of $25 million. What? So it, it lost oh. $13 million bucks. That's a lot of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Mr. Uh, Henson, but Just, your film yeah. didn't make that much money. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Henson. Bowie, you're, you're fine. <laughs> I mean, rest in peace. <laughs> Both of them, Jim Henson and Bowie. Yes. Rest in pieces. But at least, right, we talked about it in our, 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 our um, we talked about it in that um, episode that he knew before, Jim Henson knew before he died that it had gotten to cult status. So, it, yeah, exactly. so that was good, at least. Yeah. And right. again, like some of these, as Brave Little Toaster and Labyrinth, I think, made more money on home video than mm-hmm. on, you know, in, in the, its initial run. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Most of these movies did, I assume. Back to the Future being the big box office success. But, um, all right, moving on. We have the most Oscar nominations award. Okay. So this is, I, I kind of separated. It was like the the movies that got the most nomination and the movie that got the most wins, right? Okay. Um, sometimes they're different. Not this case. It's the same movie. <laughs> so the, the film that earned the most Oscar nominations and the most Oscar wins goes to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was nominated for six awards, Mm -hmm. and it won three. Nice! Um, What were the awards? It won for Best Sound Effects Editing, Best Film Editing, and Best Visual Effects. Well deserved. Yeah, agreed. Which were the ones they lost out on? uh, I didn't look look that up. (laughs) I assume uh, screenplay, maybe direction, score. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are all possibilities. Costume. Costuming, yeah. Set uh, production design, maybe. Mm. Um, But... Not only did it win those three Oscars, um, a special achievement award for animation director Richard Williams was also awarded at that ceremony. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, that man... He deserved to- it. Totally deserved yeah. it. Yeah. He's famous for saying, like, this movie's not impossible to make. It's just really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so good on you, Richard Williams. Good job, Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. We have... Like, we've watched three movies directed by Robert Zemeckis. Is in- Zemeckis still making movies? He is. He just directed the Witches remake uh, with uh, what's, her, what's her name Anne Hathaway. Yeah, and he's currently directing an untitled Pinocchio live action live action adaptation for for Disney. No. Okay, Zemeckis. See, the, I see that you fell down all well. The thing about Robert Zemeckis is he likes to make he he is interested in technology over like filmmaking. I think like. If there's a new technology, he wants to play around with it. So Isn't he, that like that guy who does Titanic? He's also... James Cameron, yeah. Yeah. Him too. James? Yeah. Why does that seem like the wrong name? It's his name, James Cameron. Has it always been James Cameron? Yes. Cameron sounds familiar. It's James Cameron. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. I'm gonna Google it. But, um, so Robert Zemeckis, he made in like the mid-2000s, he made like the Polar Express movie. Uh, and, I do remember that. Uh, um... <laughs> Valley of the Scary. Un- Uncanny Valley, the movie. Uh, he made Beowulf. I also remember previews for that. Mom's needs, Mom needs Mars. What is it? Mars needs moms. Mars needs moms. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. 
So the next award, we have two more quantitative awards. So the first is the best Rotten Tomato score award. Ah. So there were this one was a was highly contended, highly contentious. There were many awards vying or many films vying for this award. <laughs> for the it, best. Yeah, and tomato. it was like I, I like. You know, it started with Back to the Future. It was like, okay, Back to the Future is like up there. And then we, I think Roger Rabbit came in. It was like, no, Roger Rabbit's even better. And then the last one I looked up was the one that beat it. The award for best Rotten Tomato score goes to, goes to Kiki's Delivery Service. Hey, well deserved. My name's Kiki and someone telephoned for a delivery service. So here I am. Well deserved. So Kiki's Delivery Service has a 98% Rotten Tomatoes, which is very high. That is very high. Yeah. Who 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 said something bad about it to get it from a hundred? The uh, Christian moms of America, or whatever. <laughs> you know, you're right. I forgot about them. <laughs> and I bet you some of these people they they only watched the American dub, you know, or the or the first English dub, and maybe mm. maybe wrote it off. But hey, man, Kiki's Delivery Service, good stuff. Good Cri- stuff. Critics loved it. I'm critical, and I loved it. All right, and the last quantitative award for worst. Rotten Tomato score. Ooh, can I guess? Yeah, what do you got? Spaceballs. It's not Spaceballs. That's the one I would have given it. Well, no, I would... Oh, man. Which movie did I personally dislike? American Tale. Was it American Tale? It was not American Tale. What was it? The award goes to... Oliver and Company. Hey, man, if this is torture, chain me to the wall. Do you feel vindicated? I do. (laughs) Uh, And it's really not that low. It has a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. So, like, we had a, like, mediocre to great, you know, spread here. All right. So we had good tastes. (laughs) No no big stinkers, you know. That will change in the early 90s, I guarantee you. For you. Mm. you i love all of my movies unironically hey all right so now we get to go into the qualitative awards the one where we actually get to we get to discuss and argue about all right so Uh, the first award we want to discuss is best screenplay what do you think i'm gonna say it's probably i want to say that roger rabbit is up there because it had to be adapted from a novel that's a yeah okay, but but the look on your face says no. Wife is I, I wrong. Don't, no, no, that's the thing. I I give you. It was very good screenplay. Yeah. Okay. Let me think through it. I mean, I think you. You know, I think you talk a lot of big game about Back to the Future. Back to the Future has the perfect screenplay. That's why I can't like even move from it. It's perfect. <laughs> but so okay. So, oh right, these are quantitative. So this Qu- is qualitative. Qualitative. This is our, this so is it's ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot for a second. So like Back to the Future. In my opinion, I think a screenplay is all about setup, payoff, characterizing you know, characterizing your your characters. Mm-hmm. You know, um, making sure that your characters are fleshed out. They learn something by the end of the movie, and I think the movie does all of that. Yeah. It it and especially like I said in our episode, it's like for every joke there is a setup and a payoff, and every joke the setup is as funny as the payoff. I won't I won't fight you on that. I think that uh, mostly because you've said it so often that if I fought you on it, I feel like no, I'm kidding. I like I we'll believe you. Down. Like, <laughs> nah, dog. Um, no, no. I believe that. I guess my brain. I know that we talked about this, but I should have like really thought through. Like, okay, screenplay. Like, what does that look like? Because I'm like thinking through. Like, okay, but what do I feel like has great quotes and working and stuff? And I want to say labyrinth just because I, you know, I love that one speech yeah. at the bottom. But La- but Labyr- that labyrinth is a an adequate screenplay. I think there's nothing wrong with the screenplay itself. I think everything is perfectly good. 
Yeah. You know, I will give it to... I was about to say give it to you, and then I remembered that we watched Kiki's Delivery Service. Kiki's Delivery Service is good, but I don't think it. I don't think it stands up on its writing. You know, it's like the, I think I'm getting like theme thematically things. Yeah, too. it's mostly about like the. I'm like because the movie is set up in such a you know a vignette based structure, you know, mm-hmm. or or scene based structure. It, there's no setup and payoff with Kiki. Um, there is an arc for Kiki, but I don't know if uh, I don't know. I just don't think enough happens in Kiki to because it's a it's a calm movie, right? Like I I hear calm. I hear what you're saying. I definitely hear what you're saying. I'm not going to say that, but like the point of the movie is is the the charm of the movie is that like ordinariness, right? And so I'm not I'm not discounting it as a bad screenplay. I think it's great, and it's, it's, it's it, <laughs> you just will die on this. But hill. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't I can't say it's better than Back to the Future. I will give it to you. Yay! I will give you. Woo! I will give you Back to the Future. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. They won. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So similar vein, worse screenplay. <laughs> uh, can I say Spaceballs? Spaceballs is a definitely a front runner. For me, the only reason, like, I don't think it's as bad as another one. On Are you going to say Oliver and Company? I think Oliver and Company. Because <sighs> nothing makes sense. The char- none of the characters do anything that makes sense to me. Like the villain makes stupid decisions. The main characters make stupid decisions, and they're bound by trying to adapt Oliver Twist, and they do it badly. Okay, I will give you all that, but say that all that also happens in. Spaceballs. Spaceballs is also but, not good. But the thing is, right? Like, if uh, our man Mick, Mick Moranis, Rick Moranis Mick wasn't Moranis. in it, Mick Moranis, if our main man Rick Moranis wasn't in it, like, it it doesn't hit the mark. There's like barely anything funny in it. So like, where it's not where it's supposed to be. Much like you said, like uh, Kiki's was is vignette like or sketch like. Yeah. Um, and the sketches don't hit. I know that you find the combing the sand really funny, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like for a movie that long, that's supposed to be comedy and even like, if it is funny throughout, then I don't really mind that we have like all these little moving parts, but if it's not, it's just kind of chaotic. Yeah. And then that, pl- well, okay. We're not going to go through that otherwise, because we're not talking about character and stuff. We're talking screenplay. Yeah. Ugh. It's just kind of, I, I, it's. They're both really bad. Like, and and I'm like, it's it's sort of like, who's <laughs> what? I will say that Oliver and Company is intended for children. It's intended for children. That's not that's not an excuse. Kiki's meant for children, and Kiki's a better screenplay than this crap. Or like, we're we're Oliver and Company is one year away from Little Mermaid, and that's intended for children and a way better screenplay. It's not perfect. Fine, fair, but uh, I was gonna say at least Spaceballs has. Some funny jokes. Like, there's, like, very little jokes from Oliver and Company that I even, like, I can't even remember very, like, any, really. Mm. You know, Cheech Cheech Marin being Cheech Marin, that's it. I think I dislike Spaceballs the same amount that you dislike uh, Oliver and Company, and I'm not willing to give up on this. I was just like, nope, I would, if I had a choice to sit through, I would sit through Oliver and Company again. Okay, I'll give I'll give you Spaceballs. Would you instead, if you had a choice between those two, you would sit through Spaceballs? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, that's a hard. I, I probably would watch Spaceballs before I watch Oliver and Company again. 
But but I will give you space balls. It's also not a good screenplay. Give me your slot balls. What? Slothead goes to Mars. Prepare ship for light speed. No, no, no. Light speed is too slow. Light speed too slow? Yes. We're going to have to go right to ludicrous speed. (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Go to ludicrous speed right to the ANSI award. (laughs) All right. So next, next award is for best performance. And I mean, talk about Rick Rick Moranis. Like, oh like, man, like, he's he, he carried that movie. Yeah, he did. Like I'm ludicrous speed man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, let me, I gotta think about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like looking. at... Let me look through. Like some of the people that I was considering, I think um, uh, Crispin Glover and uh, and uh, Leah Thompson from Back to the Future, playing like young and old mm-hmm. people. Like okay. they're both great. They didn't play the old people that long, though. But when they did, it was so funny. <laughs> um, also, Roger Rabbit. Oh, uh, because it's his performance, right? Yeah, not for the rabbit, obviously. For you mean Eddie Valiant? Yes, um, that would be Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins, Hoskabob. <laughs> you googling that to make sure? Who plays Biff Tannen? Oh, yeah, no, I I would give it to him. Tom Tom Wilson, who plays Biff. Tom Biff Tom Wilson, hand down. He like, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, well, not hands down because he fought a very hard uh, arm wrestling against McMurray But yeah, no, he does so good in all of it. He plays like six roles. He, yeah, he plays over all three films. Yep. I know we only went over two of them, but young Biff, old Biff, older Biff, uh, uh, grandson Biff, Trump Biff. Yep, yeah, alternate timeline Biff. Yep, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally yep. down for that. The only other person in my frontrunner was Bowie, but I totally think that... Uh, I love his performance in it, but I wouldn't say he was a great performer. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Worst performance? Tom, Tom, Tom Wilson, oh. congratulations Yay. for best performance. Right. Oh my God, it's your father. My father. You're supposed to be in Switzerland, you little son of a bitch. My father. <laughs> My father. Well, you I said, just, go ahead. I was just like, I just really want one day for us to have a kid. And that happened. Like, your father's coming. My father. And that's how we went over. My father. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned it, but worst performance. <laughs> okay. I don't ever really want to, like, I'm like, I just looked at stuff and I don't want to give it typically to anyone in a, like a cartoon because voice acting is such an art yeah but we had children we had many children five the, the kid who plays five <laughs> i'll pull up his name but he was not good uh he was a small boy he do, he also failed at singing yeah Phil, philip glasser is five mouskowitz not good not good uh you know I think like other Don't you dare Oliver and Company. No, no, this. the uh, the only other person that I like want to say I like disliked their performance was Jennifer Connelly in Labyrinth. I hate it. I think she's annoying, but I think she plays her role properly. I think she does a good job. Uh, mm, well, she's so irritating. An, yeah, of being an irritating little Okay, like she's not supposed to be irritating. You don't know that. She's supposed to be like Alice or or Dorothy. I find both of those people irritating. I find both of those characters very irritating. Not as irritating as... Irritating is irritating. Sarah. Sarah. I will say, though, like, in in a very honest thing... Okay, I know you don't really watch Doctor Who. And by really watch, I mean you only watched it because you wanted to date me. Yeah. Um... (laughs) But, like, in the first season of the revamp... This is... This is... This... 
ties in. They're actually the first two seasons. The companion was Rose. Rose Tyler, played by Billy Piper. And I could not stand her. I was like, her acting is atrocious. I hate her. She's so annoying. Why is she always... Ugh. And then they got rid of her, and I was like, thank you, Rose is gone. And then I saw Billy Piper in something else, and she was phenomenal. And I was like, what the crap is happening? And then I realized that Rose Tyler was a 19-year-old dimwit, and she played that part perfectly. <laughs> and so I give a lot of things where it's just like, okay, you're like a a girl who was an only child until like a year or two ago. And pro and this is your stepmom. So you were also probably your dad's pride and joy. You are a spoiled little brat. And I give that leeway. So yeah, it was probably a little over top. Maybe you didn't like it too much, but I think she nailed the performance. And that's my point of view. She was super annoying. And that was the point All because right. she's supposed to, right. It's about finding your way to an adult, to being adult, uh, to adulthood and womanhood. And through that is a lot of girlish, childish stupidity. All right, all right. I just fought for her. That's fine. I'll 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 throw Fivel under the bus. I'll throw him off the ship. <laughs> Get that mouse out of here. Hey, Fivel, congratulations. You have the worst performance. Fivel! I'm getting my hat, Papa! Where he should have died. Where that crummy little crumb should have gone crumbing. All right, and the big... So we got the two big awards, and then we have, like, one little special award that we want to throw in. But the big awards, which one do you want to do first? Best film or worst film? Let's do best. All right, best film. This one, I think, is going to be contentious. Is it Back to the Future for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will not I will not die on this. Kiki's I will die on this film. delivery service. Also great. I would like to, I would just also like to point out that we are fighting with the ones at the end, at the middle of the year and the beginning. So the first movie we watched and the last movie we watched. This is, this is true. Back to the Future totally, it's it's great. And I've, I've made my case on this. I feel like I've also made a case. You've made your case far more often. Okay, look, it has a lot of stuff. It does a lot of good things. I even had, you know, my best friend listen to this podcast and she said that your movie was better when she read that. She's a liar <laughs> and she's no longer my best friend. Ooh. I am accepting applications who would like to be a friendship intern. But like I said earlier today, I mean, it's it's a fun time. It's it's like not a, it's not not a fun time. It's a good little uh, it's a good teenage ramp romp and, um, it's fun to watch is be, what's that word? Nostalgic. <laughs> but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like because of how the charm of Kiki's delivery service is something that I feel like people can relate to and be comforted by at any point point in their life will maybe it just be like this is enjoyment as nostalgia or this is like reminding me that things change and that's okay and yada 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 and it doesn't matter um if you have like a connection with it or or you know like if you when you first watched it or anything like that i think that like it just does a really good job of making you feel like good after you watch it you know and there's like very few movies that do that you know, I'm not saying you feel bad after watching um, Back to the Future. I'm just saying, like, that's how I feel. Also, witches. I I agree with everything you just said. I think Back to the Future, I think, appeals more to just everyone. You know, I think that there are just more people that will accept Back to the Future as a great movie than they would 
Kiki's Delivery Service. As great as it is. Um, because it's animated? No, I think it's just because Kiki's Delivery Service isn't as fun as Back to the Future. It isn't, I don't think it's as ambitious as Back to the Future is. Um, from a full, you know, full range of everything. From, you know, not just story and characters, but um, special effects and um, pacing and music and uh, just all of it. All of it thrown in together. <laughs> all of it thrown in together. And I also see your points, and I don't think that you're wrong at all. I just also disagree. <laughs> With this, the part of, of saying, like, feeling like it's more approachable or things like that. Because I, I think that, like, when you sit down and you start it, like, even when we, like, rewatched it, we were just, like, time and time again just blown away. Like, even though it was, like, it's a slower p- pace, like, there's always something to look at, right? Like, the whole time we're like, gosh, this is so beautiful. Like, oh, my gosh, it's incredible. Like, this, the, the moments that you're just seeing, even if it's a city skyline from a below or from above or like a field or the nighttime like anything so i think that like in the same way that you're like you engage with it in a different way it's like where back to the future when you're engaging with it it's very much like fast pace you're go 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 and it is funny i'm not gonna say any that it's not but um the engagement of kiki's is to just kind of like sit back and allow it to happen it feels more like like where Back to the Future feels like uh, you're on a motorcycle, you know, like, or in the sidecar of a motorcycle and you're going, or I guess, like, in the DeLorean for for that. Like, Kiki's feels like you're on a train watching things go by. Yeah, I get it. So, you know, it's hard. Like, I don't want to say, like, your movie is also great. My movie is also great. So Best. I think we're at an impasse. Rock, paper, scissors. No. Best two out of three. No, no. I, Best I was, two out of three. I was to see if you... Here was my idea. I think... We we call it a tie at the end of our, you know, of, at the end of this show here, and we leave it to our viewers, to, our listeners, to uh, to decide. What if they decide that Spaceballs was the best movie? That's not an option. <laughs> what if they decide that American Tale gave them the most amount of joy? No, because after they listened to us, they watched. I'll it I'll create and a poll on Twitter, <laughs> and there will only be these two options. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so help us decide who is the. What was the best film of the 80s that we talked about? Was it Back to the Future or was it Kiki's Delivery Service? Both are excellent choices, and I I uh, respect everybody's opinion on that. I only respect your opinion if you agree with me. Mm. <laughs> All right, for that one, we're going to call it a draw. All right, I put half in my list. All right, worst film. Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I think it's Oliver and Company, but for the, it's the same thing about screenplay. It's like, at least Spaceballs to me is like, has funny jokes, but uh, yeah, you're right. Like there were just parts of that movie. I was like, I don't want to watch this yeah. crap. No. Yeah, I'm down with yeah. Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Get, get it out of here. E- easy, easy peasy. Get Spaceballs out of here. They're just like the 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 slow, boring filler parts of Spaceballs are worse than any other part of. And then the forced romantic thing. Yeah. And the just all the references that you're like that don't land all the time the rambo references the nose thing the nose job thing the yep. there's so many things like i mean i can like obviously say what they are but for, it's really not a memorable movie except for rick is this true so spaceballs worst did you film. see what i was doing <laughs> no i didn't see you playing with your dolls again mr mr Millbrooks, i'm sorry but Prepare ship for light speed. No, 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 light speed is too slow. Light speed too slow? Yes, we're gonna have to go right to ludicrous speed. 
Worst film. <laughs> Worst. All right, so for our special award here at the end, we got the big ones out of the way. Uh, we have something called the Inside Joke Award. <laughs> so this is the award that has resonated with your host here uh, because we quote it or we, <laughs> you know, we just, we either say a funny quote or it's created like inside jokes between us or something like that. There's actually quite a lot that we could talk yeah. about. So we could talk about... American Tail and Wowie. <laughs> Wowie. As the character Gussie or Goosey that says, uh, You know, when you get a lot of people together to do a thing, a Wowie. Hold a hold of Wowie. Or, uh, you know, that's the thing. Like, I was going to say, like, ba- uh, Brave Little Toaster um, wasn't, like, even in the running for this award until Slothead <laughs> with our most recent watch. Oh my God. Just bought a toaster. Right? Did you buy that toaster? No, no, I stole it. She stole a toaster from somebody. I don't, I don't know who. <laughs> from a dump from a dump site. Oh, really? No. From Princess. Okay, so she's she, we we borrowed a toaster from a friend, and I refer to that thing as Slothead like, all the time. Yeah, like, oh, you want Pop Tarts? I'll get the Slothead out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, oh man, that might win. We use close. that at least four times a week. That's why I was like, that one's like, uh, it, it like. Came in clutch at the oh, end. Oh man, that was one that nobody was expecting. But I, I think when all is said and done for its longevity in our relationship, two dollars. Yeah, two dollars is pretty. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So two dollars from Better Off Dead, the uh, paperboy character who demands his two dollars, I think deserves it. You agree? Yes. Two dollars. Two dollars. <laughs> so many two dollars. Terrifying. I uh, spent two dollars today at the store. Ah, I was it some... the two dollars that I gave you as tip for being such a hot catch? I think so. I bought some. <laughs> I bought some. Uh, I bought some cheese. <laughs> oh, nice for your burgers. Yes, hamburgers. hamburgers. My cheeseburgers. My lovely cheeseburger. Oh, you've never seen Veggie Tales. Okay. Nope. <laughs> I've seen it, but I don't know what that oh, is. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I play know, that for you. I know Larry Boy. Right? I love my lips. <laughs> You're saying things that I don't know. It's Larry the Cucumber. I'm going to show you all of those things. Those dank, dank ve- veggie memes. All right, moving on. Wait. What? Are you going to move on to TV? Movies? Or Ooh, music. Music? Hold on. Before we do that, let's see what we've got for winners here, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So y- you've tallied up the winners. Who? Which film so, won the most and lost the most? Our biggest winner with two quantitative awards and two and a half qualitative awards back to the future Woo! ah we've done it marty my boy great scott (laughs) and our biggest loser is i mean this one's a little hard but really it's space balls with two qualitative losses losses no quantitative. We didn't even... It, it did... And, oh, yeah. That actually... And no quantitative one. So it didn't get any negative reviews. It well did. In the long... Uh, n- we didn't mark it as the biggest loser for the critical negative reviews. But amongst us... Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. But it also didn't get any like accolades from critics. So it, it was minus two? Yeah. Any other films got minus two? Uh, no. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Spaceballs. All the rest have minus one. There you go. Spaceballs. Mel Brooks, I'm sorry, bud. Sorry, bud. In this household, <laughs> no, no. 
All right, so moving on, we're going to talk about the music. All right, <laughs> playing the Hollywood theme. Let's talk about music. Oh, well, that's all I got. <laughs> all right, so, of course, music album, quite a smorgasbord of, uh, mm, <laughs> of, quite. Mu- of music stuff here. We've got some great stuff. No bad stuff, I don't think. Like, I, I, wouldn't, I don't think any of these are bad. We, hey, and 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 uh, the Beastie Boys is not on this list. <laughs> All right, so just to remind everybody what our albums were in 1985, we had Megadeth's "Killing Is My Business" and "Business Is Good," Whitney Houston's "Whitney Houston" 1986, Iron Maiden's "Somewhere in Time," and Bon Jovi's "Slippery When Wet" 1987, Guns N' Roses' "Appetite for Destruction" and Michael Jackson's "Bad." 1988, we had Anita Baker's Giving You the Best That I Got and Iron Maiden's Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. And 1989, the B-52's uh, Cosmic Thing and Dream Theater's When Dream and Day Unite. Pretty good. Yeah. Which one was bad? You know, I'm not saying that they were bad. I'm just saying that I didn't enjoy all of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I can say with certainty I enjoyed all of these albums. Yeah. With varying degrees. Excuse me. Of uh, of enjoyment. Yeah, varying degrees of enjoyment. So, um, not as many awards in this category, um, but we do have three quantitative awards to give. One positive, two positive. No, all three are positive. There we go. Hey. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, uh, here's this little secret. It's hard. It's easy to find out what the best-selling album was. It's hard to find out what the worst one is because I can't find a good resource on that. That's fair. <laughs> um, so they don't keep track of things like it, that. It's it's difficult. All right. So best-selling album award. Uh, this is for the album that sold the most copies worldwide. Lifetime sales. Buddy. Can I guess? Michael Jackson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not even, not even hard. No, not was, even. We were like, well, the worldwide is okay. It's Michael. It's definitely Michael. Yeah. And um, so, again, this was worldwide sales. That actually affects the winner ah. because I, I, I was looking it up. Apparently, Michael Jackson's Bad was not as big as seller as Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction in the U.S. In the U.S. Mm. Um, but we did. I did worldwide. I felt like that was more fair. Mm-hmm. Michael, well deserved, buddy. Well deserved. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I love you. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's what he does it at every every award show. May he rest in peace. Yeah, I feel like that's what a lot of these awards were just us being like rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, so Grammys. Oh yeah. All right, so I in I, I have most Grammy nominations and most Grammy wins, and in this this time, there's two, two separate two separate wins. Okay, so we're gonna start with nominations. So. The most Grammy nominations. Was it Whitney? It was not Whitney. Mm. The winner, most Grammy nominations, goes to Bad by <laughs> Michael Jackson. I honestly was like, if it's not Whitney, it's Michael. <laughs> Good job, Michael. I'm like looking at this list. I think he won, yeah, and he ended up winning two nominations. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From what I understand, like, Michael was pretty, um, like, dissatisfied with the reception of Bad. Not just in sales, but in, like, awards and stuff like that. He thought mm. he was going to win more. Oh, Yeah. It was very good. It was. I, we'll talk about that. He probably would have won more if they were out of the U.S. But 
in a surprise steal, a, an album won three Grammy Awards and beat Michael Jackson. Was it Whitney? It was not Whitney. This, <laughs> so this one really surprised me. The winner for most Grammys was... B-52s? No. Hmm. It was... Anita Baker is giving you the best that I got. Wow. Yeah. I like not even anywhere on my... <laughs> so this one's a little strange. So was nominated or whatever, was eligible. It won Best R&B Vocal Performance, Female, mm-hmm. and Best Rhythm and Blues Song, right? Okay. Then the next year, due to a single from the album, she won Best R&B Singer, or Best R&B Vocal Performance, Female, again. Oh, wow. For the same album. Huh. So she won the same uh, same award twice. Good job, Miss Baker. Yeah, and and she she beat Michael. <laughs> Michael, he was very upset about it. I, so I'm very like I'm just very surprised by that. And, yeah, you know, it's just like wow, wow, oh wow, oh wow, wow, <laughs> wow. All right, so that's that's all of our quantitative awards for music. Qualitative. This is us. Uh, we get to decide here. So, um, before we get to best and worst album, we're going to talk about album art. Mm. Some are very easy to remember because they're so bad or so good. <laughs> yeah, the first thing that popped up in my head was uh, Whitney's. Whitney's is good. It's so it's so it's so appealing. Yeah, it's so pretty. I like looked at it today again. I almost started singing. <laughs> now we're here. So I. I think Whitney is definitely in like my top four. You okay. know, this is the thing. I, I haven't really decided on this, right? Mm-hmm. Like I get, I totally get why. Makes total sense. Um, the own the other three that I would say are in contention are Appetite for Destruction, right? With its very iconic like tattoo uh, artwork mm-hmm. with the skulls and the cross. Michael Jackson's bad. Just because he, I, something about it just like bleeds cool. The black and white one. Yeah, yeah. The one where it's just him standing against the white background with the the leather jacket. Because or he's bad. My, Michael's not bad. No, but, he's not. <laughs> but but that album is just that album art is yeah. so dang cool. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one is, um, I guess that's it. Just those three. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden has had better album covers than these two represented here. See, so this is the thing where it's also, like, really difficult. Because, like, I understand why you would um, choose it. Well, okay, hold on, actually. Let me Google that one more time. Let me just double check that I'm, I'm imagining the right thing. But the tattoo is, like, what everybody would have, most Guns N' Roses fans yes. have as tattoos. Right. It's what, I think, Slash and Axel, it is a tattoo that they have. I have what? never looked at their bodies. I don't know. Like, <laughs> they, it was like a backup album artwork that they had to do because uh, the first choice that they had was too risque, so they had to change it. So right. it's just like, hey, just use this artwork that I used for a tattoo once. <laughs> that is so many skulls to have tattooed on you. They have all those? Yeah, I think so. There's too many. Ha- you only need one skull on your body, and it's on top of your head, young men. Gosh. <laughs> um... I mean, I get it. And it's pretty simplistic, and it's very iconic. Minimal. It's minimal, but the most minimal would be the black and white of <laughs> Michael Jackson. Um, I mean, it's not... It, okay, it's not as busy as some of the other album art that we definitely have seen this right. year, or the, this half decade. Simple and clean. I think that's the way to go it's sometimes. the way you're making me feel tonight. It's hard to let it go. That's right. Uh, uh, I still want to give it to Whitney And I'm okay with that Yay 
I personally don't agree. I think I think Guns N' Roses for me, but I totally get it and that, I'll give it to you. That's what I was saying. I was like, we have such different tastes in general kind of thing. Yeah, but know? I appreciate Whitney's album artwork. It's very good. Yeah, I appreciate this. I just would look at Whit- Whitney's more. Fair but enough. But you would look at this more. Yeah. It's so hard, these quantitative ones. Maybe we should just start giving two points. <laughs> uh, maybe. It's too late. We've already, we've already disrupted the format. All right, so good job. Good Whitney job, Houston. Whitney. May you rest in peace. Yeah. All right, so now we can talk about the worst artwork. Now here I have two runners, like I have two front runners for this one. Tell me, I'll probably agree. Is it Megadeth? Megadeth's "Killing Is My Business" is so bad, it's and they bad. knew it was bad when it came out. Yeah, it was. It was like they. It was like a hastily put together album cart album artwork because they messed up on the first one so they just like had to throw something together and it's ugly as heck and they replaced it the first chance they got right the only other one is dream theaters when dream and day unite it's such a bad cover the one about the guy getting branded yeah the shirtless man getting branded yeah it's It's very like harley quinn novel (laughs) yeah like uh cover it's like a uh, a Fabio romance novel, like a trashy romance novel. Do you know who Fabio is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know Fabio. I believe you. When you say Fabio, though, my brain goes a blonde man uh, with long hair, and I was like, "That's not who it was." <laughs> He's the guy. He was Iron Sword uh. from the video game Iron Sword. <laughs> uh. um, but yeah, that one was like, if you wanted to sell the world on what Dream Theater is all about, that's the wrong cover to do it. Yeah. Um, so it's like those two, and I'm okay with either of them Same. if it's those two. I, I, you know, honestly, I didn't like Iron Maidens either. Either of them? No. Really? Yeah. I th- I think I think they're so like creative and evocative. See, that's where we're different. I think they're busy. <laughs> they are busy, and I think that I can understand that. But I think like. I always say, like, the poster rule. If it looks cool on a poster, it's a good album cover. And those, I feel like those covers look cool as posters. Okay. <laughs> but. I, I won't fight for that. I don't want to see a, a shirtless man getting branded as a poster. Oh, yeah, no, that's fair. I don't want that. <laughs> so I think, at least with Megadeth's crappy album cover. Um, they changed it? They changed it, and it has a skull and, like, hooks and stuff. Like, so. At least you can tell this is a metal album mm-hmm. because it has skulls and stuff. Yeah, I'll on. give it to Dream Theater. Yeah, Dream Theater. Sorry, boys. Sorry, boys. You're his favorite band, yeah. but you get the negative the first time you've appeared on our show. Papanichi. <laughs> <laughs> had to throw him. I gotta throw him a bone. Um, but yeah, Dream Theater's Dream. Dream and Day Unite. Congratulations, you have the worst album art. <laughs> All right, the big one. Big two, I guess. Best album, worst album. Which one do you want to do first? Uh, worst. We fight a lot over the best. Yeah, we do. <laughs> All right. Worst album of the year, of the decade. I want to give it to Anita Baker. I I think I'm with you. It's oh. so sad because Anita Baker... Listen, Anita, you did a great job. You did a great job, honey. But 
other than like three songs, the whole album is so forgettable. Oh my gosh! And the 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 just track listing is not in the correct order. That's and it. you opened with something so snoozeworthy. <laughs> You're great, though. You had a great career. You have a wonderful voice. All I'm saying is, it was just it was it was. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not bad, but it's weaker than everything else. Like even so, it's like I think like Megadeth. Iron Maiden Somewhere in Time, Dream Theaters, they were all, like, albums that, like, of their entire discography, they are some of the weaker entries on that list. Mm -hmm. But, at the same time, at least they're all still full albums. They're cohesive, they have ebbs and flows (laughs) that make sense. Mm -hmm. Anita Baker, you just, it's too much filler, babe. (laughs) It's too much. You did so good on your next album. We didn't listen to it, No, though. we did not. <laughs> but hey, Anita Baker wore You down. won so many awards. You did. The Grammys, they... You, you got your Grammys. Yeah, they recognized you. Ignore us. What do we know? We know we didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not not like it. Yeah, yeah. We did not not like it. We just liked it less than the other nine things we listened this to. This is true. So, Anita, honey, we love you, but worst album. Yeah. All right, best album. Either Michael Jackson or Whitney Houston. No, no, not Whitney. This is... Whitney had some filler. She had some filler. Sorry. this is, I was thinking about the other album. To me, it's either Michael Jackson or, or Guns N' Roses. Theater? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You don't... This is the, the yeah, one Yeah, this you. is... The Dream Theater's... Are, it's fine. It's whatever. Yeah, Guns N' Roses and Michael Jackson's bad. And we had this exact co- conversation on our show because they went up against... It's like two titans fighting each other. Yeah. Two of the most important albums of all time... You're, you know, mano a mano kind of thing. Yep. And you had said Michael Jackson's bad, and I, I, I think during the show I might have given it to you, but you like did. at the same time, it's like I, I don't know. Like I still am willing to put up the fight for Guns N' Roses. I think be, historically it was just so important. Mm-hmm. This was for Guns N' Roses. This was like Michael Jackson's Thriller. Right. Right. Thriller was so important historically. Bad was not as important historically. Right. Even though Bad is an excellent album. Yes. I think, I think, given its historical significance and the fact that it's just an, an epically strong hard rock album, I want to say it's Guns N' Roses. But bad is also great. I can't think of any songs on. Uh, yeah, maybe two. There are like two bad songs on Bad. Yeah, and so that's the thing that I was gonna say, right? Like I was gonna say, I, I, well, I can agree as much as I know. On the history of metal, which is what I've learned from this show, because it's the only time you can sit me down and force me to listen to the history. But <laughs> when I think about, like, I, I like don't ever really want to like go like, oh no, to your to music that I don't really like listen to. I don't have any Guns N' Roses songs on my phone. Sure. I do have Dream Theater ones, like I have uh, Pink Floyd and stuff like, and that's from Osmosis. But like. Right now, I can't even think of what songs are on those, those albums. And if you say them to me, and some of them, I was like, okay, can I sing along to them? Can I... Like, uh, Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. Paradise City. Okay. Sweet Child of Mine. Okay. Uh, My Michelle. Only because we've listened to it several... No, not several times, but N- yeah. Mr. Brownstone, Night Train. Which, I'm not saying that they're not they're not important. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they're... I agree yeah. with you with that, but I am also saying... If you put any of these Michael Jackson songs on, <laughs> not any of them, there are those two, like the Librarian Girl or on and the other thing. You're about to play a song, aren't you? <laughs> but I'm just 
saying like if you put any of most of the songs on that list, you're gonna have people, and not that one that had the Pee Wee Herman doll chasing. <laughs> Speed demon. That one, boo! <laughs> but like, you're gonna get you're gonna get a reaction. Like whether you're you're playing it for a metalhead, a classical person, uh, a hip hop person, a K popper, like yeah. K popper. I was know, yeah, I was like Stan. Can anyone remember Just Good Friends, the Michael Jackson duet with Stevie Wonder? I can because it was awkward. (laughs) (laughs) But otherwise, no. Yeah, there was those three songs. But I feel like for the most part, you put those songs on. Like, it doesn't matter your musical preference or your background. You're going, you know? Yeah, I get it. I I totally get it, but I can't stand down. I think Guns N' Roses, they need me to fight for them. And uh, I'm willing to put Axl it Axl Rose don't need nobody to fight for him. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, we already we already would have had the fans vote on who they thought was better. But, hey, we're going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Best of the awards. So if you regret your vote when we did, when we released <laughs> the 87 musical uh, uh, poll... Why not re revote? Recast you know? or your you vote. Didn't, you didn't get to ch- you didn't get a chance to vote the first time. Hey, vote this time and show the album you think was best some love. So yeah, we're throwing it's a tie. I think I think that's only fair okay, because I'll give they're you that. both so important. Yeah, fine. <laughs> so this is an interesting one: the Inside Joke Award for music. Mm. So I I don't think as for these albums in particular, I don't think there's as much that like we quote to each other are you kidding me what what prove me wrong i'm as big as a whale oh we do do say this is we we every time we see a shack out in the woods we call it the love shack it's a literal place we see a lot of shacks i don't know why out anytime we say the word literal we say it's a literal place that's true uh, like, B- legit. So B- B-52's since, love since shack, the last yeah. time we've, like, when we were last recorded, not recorded, yeah, when we last recorded the B-52's album, we went to, was it like, since then, I've just been going around going, bang, 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 <laughs> and then you'll just go, tin roof! This is true. Busted. Like, no, 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 there is a clear winner. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. You had to remind me, but you're totally right. <laughs> I just, like, look at it, are yeah. you, is this a joke? Is this a bit? Should I be going yeah. along with the this? The only other one that, like, is close, I guess, would be... Uh, Dream Theater with Papanucci. Yeah. Papanucci. Papanucci. But that's a that's a really funny joke that we came up with mid-recording. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I think B-52s and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Tin Roofs <laughs> totally get it. It's all in one song. Yeah. So, good job, B-52s. Good job. You won the Inside Joke Award. You did. Har! All right. <laughs> Please just end the segment with Tin Roofs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, we're moving in. To the uh, TV. Oh, I thought we wanted to... Do you want me oh, to... Oh, you're right. Meh, meh. My bad. Gonna tally up the winners. Okay, so this one is a little bit... Mm, interesting. Oh, that's so weird. Okay, so... So our uh, winner with two and a half positive marks, two quantitative and half a qualitative is... Michael Jackson's bad. Well deserved. Well deserved. Well deserved. So. Who's bad? Well, I'll tell you who's bad. <laughs> so this one's like interesting for our bad one, right? Because we have one that has nothing in quantitative and then a negative in qualitative, but another one that has a positive in quantitative, but a negative in qualitative. So I guess it cancels each other out as a zero. Yeah. So 
but I still feel like it. All right. The one that only has one mark against it is Dream Theater's when dream, What Dreams May Fair Come. <laughs> so Dream Theater with a negative one. Yeah. Dream and Day Unite, worst album. And Anita was just scraped by with a zero. <laughs> Anita won all those Grammys, so she was she... able to, to hold on. <laughs> you did great, Anita. I'm sorry. Hey, Dream <clears throat> Theater is my favorite band. I love them. I This album is one of their weakest. I get it. <laughs> Papanichi, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Papanichi. Forgive me, Papanichi. Forgive us, Papanichi. But don't worry. You're going on your own new tour, right? You're redoing music. Not new, I, I don't think he's touring right now. Uh, oh, yeah. Don't tour. Papanichi, <laughs> you're old. <laughs> Forgive us our sins, Papanichi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving into the television segment of the 80s. All right, so just to remind everybody, um, man, we get some really crap TV, and it's mostly my fault. Who's, I yeah, totally I was like, who's that. we? I get it. Um, but all right, so just to remind everybody. Mm. All right, 1985, we had Growing Pains and the Bernstein Bears. 1986, we had Dragon Ball and Pee-wee's, Big, Pee- Pee-wee's Playhouse. Mm. <laughs> 1987, DuckTales and A Different World. 1988, Red Dwarf and The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And 1989, Dragon Ball Z and Family Matters. <laughs> Why does it sound like it's from Anastasia? No, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, Mary Poppins. Oh, yep. I just like, Chim Chimmery. I just have old Hollywood Chim Chimmery. Chim Chimmery. Chim Chim Charade. All right, so a few bright spots, a lot okay. of rough stuff, a lot of rough stuff. All right, so the I only have two quantitative awards to give dealing with Emmy Awards. The same show won most nominations and most wins. So I'm just going to read off wins first. And don't don't be angry. Was it Pee-wee's Playhouse? The most Emmy wins I'm... with 15 is Pee-wee's Playhouse. I am disgusted. What should we do now? I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I know. Let's go look at my toys. <laughs> All right, so as I said, Pee-wee won most nominations and wins. I'm not giving a plus by this show's name. You're going to have to give two pluses. I'm not doing it. Yeah, you are. Nope. That's the rules. Struck from. Uh -uh. I I am the note taker, therefore. Do you want to guess how many Emmy nominations Pee-wee's Playhouse received? No. Just guess. No. Just throw out any number. I will not. Come on. No. How dare they? How dare they? What else was out during this year? This is upsetting. I am upset. Throw I'm a, upset. Throw a number. 12. 12 nominations and 15 wins? Yes. No. They they made some up. <laughs> they stuffed the ballots. I don't know. 23. 59. I am so upset with America. <laughs> Pee-wee's Playhouse was nominated for 59 Emmys. Over the course of its Over run. Over the course of its run, yeah. Six years it ran or whatever. I'm like... I didn't know that you could be nominated for that many Emmys. <laughs> I hate it. I hate that this is the world we live in. This is probably the reason 2020 happened. <laughs> Paul Rubens? Yes. So with that said, we can move on. <laughs> I'm so angry. I'm so sorry. And disappointed and betrayed. <laughs> All right. So moving on. So we have the best and worst awards for theme song. 
Is this quantitative? This is qualitative. Qualitative. This is for us. Yeah. So, <clears throat> which one do you want to do first? Worst or best? Worst. All right. Worst theme song. Bernstein Bears. That's a pretty bad <laughs> one. I'm like, it burn, it's either Bernstein Bears or one other, and that's Pee-wee's Playhouse. Pee-wee's Playhouse is a pretty bad theme song. I well. can't even remember. I've, I've wiped it clear out of my memory. I don't remember anything. It's Cindy Lauper with her voice pitched up, like, and it's very quirky. And odd. But the Bernstein Bears is really bad. It is very bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's also more fresh in our minds because we've recently up <laughs> put up the that episode. Well, well we I, mean, I just edited the Pee-wee's vi- <laughs> episode, oh, yeah. so that one was bad. I'm going to skip that episode. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm down with the Bernstein Bears. Okay. We are the Bernstein Bears. Mother, <laughs> sister, brother. We appreciate each other. I like that it's funny that we said this is the worst theme song, but it's just Stars and Stripes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well. All right. Shut up. <laughs> this is stars and Stripes is the worst one. All right. But yeah. Bernstein Bears, congratulations. You have the worst theme song. Um, best theme song. I feel like you're going to say DuckTales. DuckTales. I- no, there's these are a lot of these are really good. Okay, cool. Because I was like, I, I don't want to say DuckTales, and I also don't want to say... Um, different world because they're more earworms than anything else i was gonna say like as far as earworms go ducktales winnie the pooh a different world are so earworms and I, and growing what's pains. winnie the pooh um as long as we got each other that's growing that's pains. Growing pains. <laughs> no uh winnie the pooh, pooh bear winnie oh. the pooh bear that's fair looking for fun oh dear <laughs> i don't i think it's mostly i hate it so much because like you will just randomly start singing it. I'm like, crap, this is going to happen all week, isn't I'll it? I'll be a bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Those um, are... But to me, my favorite is Chala Hechala by Dragon from Dragon Ball. <laughs> the Japanese theme song for Dragon Ball. It's so good. Oh, yeah, yeah, cheesy. yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't think that's bad. Red, Red Dwarf is just... Just... Talking. No, no. Well, Re- talking for a couple of seasons, and then by season three, they have like music. No, they, uh, no, in the the first season, it's like a like kind of trumpet, like a very slight. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess technically, but I, I think because how they play it with also the sound of the spaceship moving, it mm. feels like less theme songy and just more like. It's but amb- yeah. it's too ambient. That's why yeah. I, I didn't even capture that one. Because <laughs> you're like, eh, it's not- yeah, it's not. Gonna win. <laughs> um. To me, it's either Hedgehala or uh, Growing Pains theme song, because Growing Growing Pains Pains is good. Growing Pains is a special place in our heart. I think I'd give it to DB. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Chala Hedgehala winner. It's so good. (laughs) You just see, like, Piccolo, like... (laughs) Papa Piccolo... (laughs) Yeah, well deserved. Yeah, <laughs> like, excellent. Okay, so we actually, um, because the format of our show is with television shows, we only watch the first episode mm-hmm. and we don't continue on. So a lot of our discussion is based on the first episode, and then we maybe talk about where the rest of the show went from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have two different types of awards. We have we say best pilot, worst pilot, but we really mean like best first episode, yeah, and worst first episode, and then. Also, best show overall and worst show overall, based yeah. on what we remember about those shows. <laughs> or if we've continued to watch them. <laughs> this is true. Um, so, <clears throat> let's start with the pilots. Again, this is our, the first episode, the first aired episode 
Um, best pilot, worst pilot. Which one? Let's go ahead and do best. Okay. Let's do best pilot. Best pilot. I mean, Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball's okay, but I think it's too low key. It's too much of like a first chapter. Okay, I'll and give not you that. An, um, <clears throat> to me, Growing Pains. Growing Pains is pretty good. Surprisingly, I think a different world had a pretty good pilot. The one that aired, we know it's not the first, ori- like it's not yeah. the original pilot, but for the first episode, yeah, I feel like it's the most mature. And oh, now I'm thinking like Red Dwarf as well. It's also really great. Ooh, yeah, Red Red Dwarf has a, like like it gets the whole concept in, and the whole mm, Red Dwarf might have might have like, I, I think the most I, cohesive. Yeah, like. Yeah. I think Red Dwarf. Yeah, I want to give it to Red, Red Dwarf. Hey, Red Dwarf. Congratulations. Hey, Red Dwarf. The dead die. Who is? Everybody die. But worst pilot. This There's a lot we could choose for this one. Peewees. No, no. Okay. no. You, I'm, I, go ahead. I totally disagree. That's fine. But if you don't give me this, I'm going to fight you on worst overall show. <laughs> it's the, This episode tells you everything you need to know about no. Peewee. It tells you that you never want to know anything else about Pee-wee. I was going to say, Bernstein Bears is awful. Pee-wee. It's awful. Burst- How can you say Bernstein Bears is anything better? Here's the thing about Pilot, though. I would say Family Matters is a pretty bad pilot because it's not representative of what the show is. Well, yeah, but they changed the show halfway through. But it's not. That's the thing. I feel like that's <laughs> something to wait it on, at least. That's fair. No. No, because, like, Pilot is just the pilot, right? Like, we'll say overall show next. True, but I just think if we're going to consider the okay, I hear you. The quality of the pilot, we could also say that you know, Family Matters, because the premise that they established in the first episode was not resonating with audiences, and they had to change it. I think that means that the premise was not good. Okay, I will give you that. It's either that or Bernstein Bears for me. Like Bernstein Bears is really bad. At least that one is like. You know, using that same logic, at least the Bernstein Bears is, like, true to what it wanted to be, which is, like, teach kids <laughs> lessons. But the lesson they learned was bad in that episode, so I think it's bad. I'm, like, looking, I was, like, looking down the list, and I was, like, oh, I don't like that one either. It, like, I don't think it's the worst, but I don't like that one either. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh is also pretty bad, but, like... DuckTales. Yeah, I think when all is said and done, Bernstein Bears is the worst for me. Looking at here, looking at these things, if I had to, like, all right, you need to go back and watch all, rewatch all of the pilots except one of your choosing. <laughs> it would be Pee-wee. I and I would say it's gonna be Bernstein Bernstein's. Bears. Yeah, I wouldn't wish Bernstein Bears on children, adults. You even said that in the episode. You wouldn't wish it on anybody. <laughs> what did children, I say in this episode? In chi- the- children have nothing to learn. Um, Fine, but- I'll give it to the bears. <laughs> yeah. Screw you, bears. <laughs> Look at these lovely rooms. Oh, wait, I think I do have a clip. Hold on. And I'm not going to stand for it any longer. I put up with that messy room long enough. <laughs> uh, well, dear, I've got some urgent work to do in my shop. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Just remembering that bad dad. Such a bad dad. Bad dad. Bad dad. All right. Now we get to talk about the shows, which is kind of difficult because for some of these, it's like based on my memory or your memory, right? Mm-hmm. Like you didn't watch any more Pee Wee than that first episode. No. I can say from experience that what you saw in the first episode is basically the show. <laughs> it's so the show. it's the worst show. No. So it's the worst show. 
I still think that's the thing. I think the hill I will die on. I'm not gonna put up with. I'm gonna say Bernstein Bears again. No nope. worst show. Because mm, I don't remember. Well, one, I really like to say that none of my shows are up for the running here. This is true. <laughs> as far as worst show. Uh, no, I won't. I won't. We can we can go half and half and have people decide. But uh, uh. I'm down with that. Yeah. So worst show, people, you get to help us decide: is it Bernstein Bears or Pee Wee's Playhouse? Remember, negative at Remember, the critics loved Pee Wee. <laughs> Who cares what the critics loved? <laughs> uh, All right, now we get to talk about the best show. Best show. Best show overall. Overall. Best show so over- I think this is interesting because we are currently watching through a different world. Um, <sighs> Based on that first season, it's not the best. The show. first, yeah, the first season is not great. I keep trying to skip to the next season, but my husband is the slowest watcher. Let's get through the last six episodes tonight. But based on what I've heard about A Different World and where it goes, I can see how important it is. Yeah. I, I, like, I also watched, uh, rewatched a good amount of Red Dwarf. I think I watched through season four. Uh, and that's not saying about, like, it's a British miniseries, so each season is, like, six episodes. Yeah. Uh, and so you get a little bit later in. So, um, and I, I can say that, like, the concept grows, but also, like, some stuff, like, changes randomly, and they sort of write it off. I, I wouldn't say it was, I wouldn't say it was the best show, uh, but I would definitely, uh, tell anybody who was going to give it a, a watch, a rewatch or something to watch it. So I, I don't think it was bad. I just wanted to say that because we were going. Yeah. I don't think of all the shows that I've seen all the way through of these on this list, or at least seen a sizable portion to, gr- like, to develop an opinion on the whole show. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Dragon Bolt or Dragon Ball Z or Growing Pains stand up to, like, being the greatest show. It's like, Dragon Ball is just too long and has too much filler. True. Well, both of them do. Yeah, Dragon yeah, Ball yeah. is a little better than Z, yeah. but they both have too much filler. Yeah. Um, and then... Growing Pains? Growing Pains is good, but it's, like, not... I don't think... Like, honestly, if I have... You might be able to tell this more than I do, but I don't think it's going to hold up to, like, a different world of Red Dwarf, even. Yeah, no. In terms of writing and, like, character and all that stuff. I think stuff. it did some things, but not, like, super memorable. Yeah. So, I think I have to leave this one up to you between Red Dwarf and a different world. It sounds like maybe where where the, the decision lies. And you've seen more of those shows than I have, so it's got to come like, to you. For an American audience, a different world. <laughs> for a British audience or British um, humor-liking people, Red Dwarf. So I don't know. I want to say... So this is the thing that's difficult, right? Because I think when I think of uh, different world, right? Like it's a lot of like character growth and, um, and actually watching people change with the situations that they're in and that's beautiful that's like the stuff that i i go to tv for like good stories uh red dwarf is funny (laughs) but a different world for like it also has it has things to say yeah political things societal things yeah societal things familial racial things things. Mm -hmm. yeah like i don't eventually again yeah yeah but, but I, I mean, that's the only like thing that I can throw in to yeah. say. Uh, yeah, I would, I would give it, I would give it to a different world. Hey. I think it was the best show. All right, different world winning. It's a different world from where you come from. Hashtag winning. But now I want to give it to Red Dwarf. Do we have another positive one? Uh, we have one more award, and it's the last award. It is okay. the Inside Joke Award for TV. This one I don't know. 
Like I think we we talk like Whitley from a different world. We quite talk often. like Whitley quite you, often. Just last night you talked about your boudoir. My boudoir. <laughs> Come to my boudoir, husband. And like we might mention how bad of a father Goku is. <laughs> you know, or the from bear. time to time. Or the bear. But like we don't quote any of these shows really all that often. We don't mm-hmm. quote Pee Wee and how you hate it. Uh, you, we don't quote Red Dwarf. Or, don't quote DuckTales. I, I quote Winnie the Pooh sometimes. Like, I try to talk like Pooh. Yeah. That's, I don't think it's because of this show. Mm, no. <laughs> other, other than me just singing the <laughs> Pooh Bear. <laughs> uh, Winnie, come over here. So I think it's like, to me, it's like, is it Pooh Bear singing or us doing Whitley voices? <laughs> I think it's probably, you know what? I think I want to say I want to say it's a different world because Whitley voices, but there are also a lot of stuff where we'll be like, "Ugh, she's acting like Denise." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we like we reference this show a lot, yeah, and it so could be because we're watching it. As but. we watched watch more of a different world, we realized that Denise Huxtable is the worst. She is the worst, and so we constantly tell people, "Don't be a Denise." Yeah. <laughs> or, Though I will say that one last time we were watching through it, we saw somebody like, "Doesn't that look like Lister from different <laughs> from uh, Red, Red Dwarf? Dwarf?" Yeah, it was like a crossover. But yeah, I'm like, Sh- "Shut up, Denise!" I say often. Yeah. Shut up, Denise. <laughs> I think it. Yeah, I think that. A different yeah. World. I think a different world takes it. The whole crop wasn't as strong for creating inside jokes between us, but a different world did just enough. <laughs> just enough. That's it, folks. That's the the end of Media Maid's first inaugural Media Awards. Yeah. No, the QQs. <laughs> Thank you for coming to the QQs. Thank you for coming to the Quibbies. <laughs> I will fight you. <laughs> next next year we'll have a guest host of. Uh, what, what, what's that guy? Who's uh, Dookie Hauser? Who is that? I will not help you unless you admit that they are called the QQs. The QQs? Ah, thank you. Was that who plays Dookie Hauser? Patrick Heel here Harris Patrick Neil Patrick Harris Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> yeah, next next uh, next year we'll get we'll get Neil Patrick Harris to do the guest commentary with us. I doubt it. <laughs> but we'll is it going to be a whole year from now? Oh yeah, technically probably probably yeah. So. I think next time we do the awards, we're going to do, like, we'll do the Midway Awards again. So we'll do, like, the early 90 awards. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about that. There's going to be a lot of good stuff and a lot of crap. Yeah. Just like like the 80s. Just like the 80s. Probably, hopefully, just a little bit better TV. Yeah. Finally, my husband got better taste. Hey, looking forward to the early 90s, I will say that we will talk about what I think is the best album we've ever listened to together. And uh, look forward to that. I'm just as surprised as you guys. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> but with that, yeah. Um, thank you for listening to Media Made. Okay, here. I don't want to be a good wife or a good host right now. But we didn't do this part. And I just don't want to say oh, who go. is the winner of go, some go, of go, these go. things. Oh, yeah. We got to do that. Do it. Do it. I don't want to. I legit was sitting here like, don't tell him. Don't tell him. No. Then you don't have to admit who won who the won? TV. Come on. With two quantitative... Good points, because critics are stupid. <laughs> Peewee's Playhouse did did uh did a different world only win two? It also won two, but because we went halvesies on something, it's two and a half for Peewee's and two quantitative or two qualitative. So Peewee won world. with two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna throw this punch in your face. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the biggest loser with two and a half negative qualitative marks, Bernstein Bears. Yeah, screw them bears. (sighs) Oh, wait. Huh? Okay, sorry. I just looked at this wrong. So, Pee Wee has two quantitative and half a negative qualitative from me. So technically, it has only one one and a a half. half. So the winner for best show of the 85s. A different world, folks. It's a different world. There are no peewees here. Play my theme song. It's a different world, baby. For me and you. That's definitely (laughs) not the song. (laughs) But who who is the biggest loser? Bernstein Bears? Bernstein Bears. Yeah. So. (laughs) Two and a half negative marks. Hey, there you go. So best show of the 80s was A Different World. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Not you, Denise. Whitley. Congratulations. Whitley and Dwayne Dwayne. Bill Cosby. No. (laughs) He gets no thanks for this. (laughs) Hey, but uh, thanks for listening to Media Made. Yeah. Joining us on our very first awards show. Yeah. Um, The QQs. Anything you want to plug? You can find me, if you would like to, on YouTube uh, at Taming Tales. I write stories and read them, and currently I'm putting them to art. We'll see how long that lasts. She also has a vlog. They're very, I, I think they're entertaining. Mm, you've watched two. You, still- <laughs> you just think I'm entertaining. This is true. Um, <laughs> you can follow the show on Twitter, at Media Made Show. Uh, we try to do daily content, where it's like whatever we talk about uh, on the shows... Uh, we put up polls. We share funny gifts and videos. Um, it's a lot of fun stuff up there. It is. Uh, you can also follow me personally at Rob the Master. Um, I retweet pictures of Kirby. <laughs> That's about it. Kirby as Sephiroth. Yeah. Um, and you can also, if you like my voice, I host a wrestling show on YouTube called Keep Kayfabe. That's K A Y F A B E. We look at professional wrestling. So if wrestlers are your thing, check it out. And also, I write for a Zelda website. It's called ZeldaDungeon.net. We have news, features, polls, debates. It's fun stuff. If you like The Legend of Zelda, you'll probably like something on there. Yeah. So with that, thank you for listening. Um, Any closing words? The QQs are sponsored by... Geico. (laughs) (laughs) Fresh fruit. Go get some. Good night, kids. Night, kids. (laughs) 